Welcome to the world's largest philosophy collab, in which we asked 100 YouTube philosophy creators to answer this one question. Can philosophy provide meaning to the modern person? I hope you enjoy the responses to follow, and I hope you find them meaningful. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Eternalized. I make videos on philosophy, psychology, religion, and art which I believe create the most profound dialogue to understanding human existence. To enrich human life, there must be a balance between body, soul, and spirit. To unite that mysterious world of symbols with the powerful spark of the waking life, we should be capable to look both externally to become productive members of society and internally to the realm of the unconscious and the divine. As an alchemical maxim says, as above, so below. The mortal and eternal realm of the inner world corresponds to the physical and mortal reality of the outer world that we all experience. There is a lot of popular philosophy and self-improvement that only scratch the surface and never get to the bottom of the soul. Moreover, academic philosophy that is merely propositional loses its existential and participatory role in our life. We must embody it and feel it not just with our minds, but with our bodies too. The true meaning of philosophy is the love of wisdom applied to daily life, the art of living. Religion means to reconnect what is fractured inside us. There is undeniable value in myth, symbols, and the old ways of living. I believe that philosophy should be complemented with an awareness of the unconscious through psychology, the transcendent through religion, and the ineffable through art. This is therapy for the soul, an awareness of that very personal power that is greater than us, and which at the same time makes us who we are, our ultimate guide in life that accompanies us through every delight and every endless night. I invite you to my humble abode to pursue meaning together, to gather round the fire and help you discover who you truly are, a solitary task which I consider to be the ultimate goal of human life. Hi, I'm Einzelgänger, content creator. Having an academic background in religious studies, I have been paying close attention to the religious decline in Western societies. As more and more people don't have a religious compass, it's interesting to observe their collective search for meaning. The decline of Christianity isn't a recent phenomenon. It's been going on for centuries. In the 19th century, Friedrich Nietzsche already predicted the greatest threat humanity would face when societies become secularized, which is nihilism. And it seems Nietzsche was correct. Many people are struggling. Feelings of meaninglessness and lack of direction are prevalent. Now, could philosophy provide meaning to these people? I don't think philosophy in itself gives our lives meaning per se, unless one finds or creates some form of meaning around it, like creating philosophical content or teaching philosophy at school or seeing the mere exploration of philosophy and accumulation of knowledge itself as meaningful. But I do believe that philosophy provides us with directions when it comes to finding or creating meaning in our lives. Different philosophies approach meaning differently. Some define the meaning of life very lucidly, like the Stoics, who believe that one's goal in life is to live in agreement with nature. Others, like Albert Camus, claim that life is meaningless and that we should embrace this. 
So I would say that to find meaning through philosophy, people could explore different philosophies and pick the ideas that suit them. Yo, my name is Justin, and I'm the creator behind Freedom in Thought. I've been asked to answer the question, can philosophy provide meaning or value to the modern person? And my response is, it depends. It depends on which path you walk. And I think there are at least two paths that you can walk with respect to philosophy. You can either become a student of philosophy or you can become a philosopher. And to me, there's nothing intrinsically valuable about becoming a student of philosophy, but everyone would find value in becoming a philosopher. So what's the difference? A student of philosophy is someone who studies a certain set of thinkers, books, or ideas that the culture deems as philosophical. Walking this path can turn you into an intellectual, someone with a lot of facts and knowledge inside of their head, but it won't make you wise. On the other hand, to me, a philosopher is someone who studies the effects of their own actions. Only by knowing yourself, by knowing the effects of your own actions, will you start to become wise. And only by becoming wise can you begin to take control of your own life. And only by taking control of your life can you start to become free, which means the freedom to be who you are. And to me, being who you are is the pinnacle of achievement in a human life. And because all people share many similarities, sometimes there's a benefit to reading someone else's insights. Their insights can give you insight into yourself. But reading someone else's ideas is not necessary to become a true philosopher. All that's necessary is a genuine desire to know yourself. And on the contrary, those who never know themselves, those who remain ignorant to the effect of their own actions, are doomed to create their own prisons. They will never be free. So do I think philosophy can provide meaning or value to the modern person? It depends. If you mean becoming a student of philosophy, then no. I don't think there's anything particularly valuable about that. But if you mean becoming a philosopher and all that entails, knowing yourself, understanding the effects of your own actions, and gaining wisdom, then yes, because I think that's the most valuable activity you can engage in. Hey, I'm Hochelaga. I make videos about obscure topics, from the little book of cosmic horrors to the demon doodles of 1565. Many of my videos are about mythology, history and religion. It all stems from a love of story, and that's what I want to talk about today. How we humans use stories to make sense of our world. If you go back to the dawn of time, you'll find evidence of storytelling. Being able to spin a good yarn separates us from other animals. We're not sure why this is. Perhaps it's a way to cooperate in large groups. If we all believe in the same story, we can organize ourselves and work together. As our societies grew more complex, so too did our stories. With the advent of writing, we recorded them into books and sacred texts. They would inspire great monuments in their name, from the pyramids of Egypt 
to the cathedrals of Europe. This happened all over the world. Every culture had its own myth that could explain the environment around them. And then came the Enlightenment. The scientific revolution started to challenge these stories we'd so carefully crafted. Maybe the universe isn't 6,000 years old. Try 13 billion. Some held on to these ancient tales, others latched on to new ones. Today, there is no one story we all live by. It's not a bad thing. We get to choose. From the founding myth of a nation to the legend of your favourite sports team. They give us something bigger than ourselves to believe in. It's almost like a form of religion. Maybe it is. Storytelling is a fundamental human trait, and we're still improvising as the narrative of our species unfolds. So, which stories do you live by? How do you make sense of your world? Hello, my name is Philip, and I come from the channel Let's Talk Religion, where we talk primarily about religion, which, after all, is very closely connected to philosophy in many ways. They are topics that, that cross over a lot of the time. Now, as for the question, can philosophy provide meaning for the modern person, I would argue that it definitely can. I think many people today live in a world that feels meaningless, right? That there's a universe that doesn't care about us. And without saying anything about whether or not that is true, that can be a pretty you know, unpleasant way to look at the world around you. Uh, we live in a pretty materialistic society, most of us, right? Which creates a lot of existential angst for many people. And I think philosophy, while it doesn't necessarily provide us with answers, it can do that too, but I think philosophy um, teaches us to ask questions, right? To look at the world from different perspectives, um, to, to realize that there are multiple perspectives from which to view the world around us and to understand our reality and our relationships to other people. I think that is incredibly valuable, especially if, you know, we also realize in our philosophizing that there's a limit to what we can understand, right? There's the famous quote uh, often attributed to, to Socrates that I only know that I know nothing, right? In the best case scenario, our search for meaning, which is what a lot of us do when we do philosophy, right? We try to find truth perhaps, or to place ourselves in reality, to, to sort of find ourselves and where we stand in reality. And I think in the best case scenario, that can also lead us to become better human beings. When we realize where we are and who we are, that we can then turn outward to other people to become more loving, understanding and, and caring people to those around us. And to me, there's nothing more meaningful than that, to, to be a beacon of light and love in the world. And I think philosophy, in, in, again, in the best cases, can lead us to that place. Hi, I'm Justin Sledge, the host of Esoterica, where we explore the arcane and history, philosophy, and religion. And I have to admit that in a general way, I'm pretty doubtful as the ability of philosophy as it's practiced now to provide any real meaning for the modern person. Indeed, one of the bounced checks of modernity is precisely the promise of totality and the absolute, both of which now seem more distant than ever. Ridiculous, even. That failure of modernity has generated a post-modernity marked by cynicism, the sad passion of irony, and the worst 
kinds of academic scholasticism. But that's not to say that philosophy itself is incapable of such a task. Only that philosophy, and especially professional philosophy, as mere logic chopping in the interest of generating a collection of true propositions, has proven itself incapable of even relevance, much less the pretense of being meaningful. Though philosophy as a way of being and a way of living, one that not only begins in bewilderment, as both Plato and Aristotle had it, but also one that inculcates just that sense of transformatory awe for the truth, I think that might still have such a power. I do think that such a philosophy can provide meaning because it is a vital practice involving the totality of one's being. And in that way, philosophy as bewilderment can again become the road to truth and perhaps to the absolute and to that great long-for totality of modernity. Hello, I'm the creator of the philosophy YouTube channel, Carnades.org. As a philosophical skeptic, I don't know if philosophy can create meaning or provide truth for the modern person. I don't, in fact, know anything or know if we can know anything. That said, it appears to me that philosophy may be useful to the modern person in these three ways. Number one, logic. Philosophy teaches you about which arguments are valid and which ones are fallacious, and that can help you in your quest for truth, meaning, and understanding. Number two, cross-discipline disagreements. Philosophy is the sea in which all other disciplines swim, and it's the place that can bring things like science and religion together to talk to each other as opposed to talking past each other, and bring them in conversation with each other. Number three, ethics and justice. Philosophy is the only discipline allowed to make determinations about what is right and wrong, just and unjust, and to research these concepts specifically. In fact, exclusions of philosophy and these concerns from economics is what has led to economists valuing some lives more than others. Check out our new book, Are All Lives Equal, for more on how philosophy can bring meaning to economics and to the economic practice of cost-benefit analysis. And of course, check out the nearly 1,000 videos we have over on the YouTube channel if you think philosophy can bring meaning to your life and if you want to learn more about philosophy. Stay skeptical. Hello, I'm Greg Sadler. I've been doing videos on philosophy on YouTube for a little over 10 years and teaching philosophy for about 20 years and studying it for about 30. And one of the most common questions that I get from people when they find out that I am a professional philosopher is what is the meaning of life? And I don't have a great answer to that in part because it's not the sort of thing that you can answer once and for all and, you know, one size fits all. But I will tell you this, studying philosophy, if you actually devote yourself to it, will definitely increase the amount of meaning that you can find within your life. And it gives you all sorts of not just raw material or ideas, but dialogue partners, interlocutors. There's this old saying that you don't just read a text, the text also reads you. And if you're studying philosophy well, that is something 
that is going to happen. You read the classic works and they have so much to ask you about the life that you're living, sometimes very explicitly. And I will say this too, I think that philosophy, there, there is definitely you know, rigor to it and it's an intellectual process, but it also needs to be experiential and it needs to be experimental. You need to take the ideas that you're coming across and put them into the scope of your own life and see what they mean there. This will sound rather pragmatic, but I think the pragmatists are right about this. And so where is the meaning of life? Well, you can find it in philosophy, but you're going to have to digest it. You're going to have to ruminate on it. You're going to have to constantly engage it in a back and forth dialectic. So that's what I've got to say. From the overtly symbolic prose found in countless alchemical manuscripts to the subdued delineation of the various philosophical tenets which have found their foothold throughout history, from hypnotic ancient spells chiseled into stone tablets and portrayed in hieroglyphs to the flowing and peaceful verse of illumined sages, these quite often serve as the entry points and connecting dots for the continual seekers of truth and meaning. We should always remain open to possibility and the potential for growth in which these subjects may provide. In one's own life, it is important to discern what holds practical value to the individual, regardless of how impractical something might appear. If we take the examples initially mentioned, it is possible to dismiss much of it based on surface examination, but for the person who chooses to explore deeper may find for themselves quiet contemplation, emotional or spiritual strength and beauty. Or, in contrast, the spark which sets alight the raging fire of creativity and outward passion for life. When combined with visual art and music, the words and knowledge of mystics and philosophers can be tempered into an abstract yet pleasing aesthetic which often allows the individual to integrate more easily this knowledge, where otherwise this person might have difficulty in finding undistracted time to sit and read a physical book. A more relaxed approach with the aforementioned qualities will generally enhance the overall intellectual experience. It is one of the goals of all Trujan Grace Media to bring this experience to you, and I hope you join me in the quest for a few more of those connecting dots. Why do you read fiction, tell stories, invent lies? The first answer is simple, to escape reality, to ease suffering. Inventing and telling stories is as innate as eating and breathing. There's a reason we love stories. Stories are mistakes other people made. We love to hear them because we don't want to repeat those mistakes. We enjoy great stories because they teach us something. The second reason as to why we invent fiction and tell stories is to get to a deeper truth of ourselves, to make sense of the world. Fiction allows us to understand the world, but most crucially, to understand ourselves. There's an even deeper issue here. We love stories because it's our way to fight our own mortality. We are the only species on earth that create and believe in fiction. Why? because we are probably the only species who's aware of its own death. It's through the art of storytelling that we fight back. Great novels are like great whiskey, a distilled form of truth. 
deeper emotional truth of the people and the culture it's distilled in. Great novelists spend years crafting their work, but their subconscious minds where the real magic happens are the product of hundreds, if not thousands of years of their culture, people and language. This channel is dedicated to reading as well as craft of fiction and storytelling. I believe great novels are like timeless piece of art that remains with us for the rest of our lives. For me, fiction and storytelling is a form of freedom. It liberates you in the same way a clear path does in a tangled forest. That's our modern life. It's a tangled forest and stories help us to liberate ourselves from this tangle. Hi. I'm Jared from The Classical Mind, a podcast and YouTube channel all about the great books and especially philosophy and literature. So I was asked if philosophy can bring meaning to the modern person. And I guess I'm here to say that it depends. I think that answering in the affirmative would be the very historical and classical answer. We can see Plato arguing that the unexamined life is not worth living, and Aristotle would even argue that the contemplative life is the best kind of life. Given a Christian flavor, this also became a very common answer when we saw it in the Christian East, so in the patristic period, and in the medieval West. But something changed in the history of philosophy, perhaps around the Enlightenment, but I can't say all of that here. And now I would say that most philosophy being done today by professional philosophers does not seem to be the kind of thing that could confer or grant a lot of meaning in one's life. But just because philosophy today doesn't do much to grant a meaningful life to those who practice it, doesn't mean that at its best it can't. And I would say that at its best it almost certainly will. Philosophy trains us as better thinkers, Philosophy builds certain intellectual virtues. Philosophy turns the attention from purely the self to things outside of our immediate sphere of attention, to eternal things, to the strangeness and nuance and complexity of the universe. Philosophy makes us more curious. Philosophy should delight us when we are surprised by just how odd the universe can be. So can philosophy give meaning to the modern person? Yes, if done well. Hello, I'm James from The Living Philosophy. I just want to thank Zevi for putting all this together. And here's why I think philosophy can provide meaning for us today. Back in 2011, Stephen Hawking declared that philosophy was dead. Scientists, he said, have become the bearers of the torch of discovery in our quest for knowledge. Hawking's statement is the archetypal declaration of a materialistic worldview believes the fundamental questions of human life can be answered by a values-neutral science. Science has become our culture's divine oracle. The soothsayer scientist communicates with the gods of objectivity and fact, and what comes back is pure, inescapable truth. But the crises of meaning and sense-making will not find their answers at the end of a telescope or in the heart of an atom smasher. It is in the repressed domain of subjectivity where we find all the trenches of the metacrisis. Not just the crises of meaning and sense-making, but the climate crisis, the energy crisis, and the culture wars. These are conflicts of visions and values, and until we realise that, the discourse between the red, blue, and green teams will continue to burn up their energies in heat. So where do we turn? While the quest may lead us through depth psychology, sociology, spirituality, anthropology, or cognitive science, Philosophy is the starting point when you have a question without any sense of an answer. As the sciences have been hived off from philosophy, what remains is the unquantifiable, 
what remains is the value sphere of subjectivity. The work of philosophy in this meaning sphere is vast, and in the past century and a half includes the study of language by philosophers like Russell, Wittgenstein and Derrida, Rawls's attempt to come up with a theory of justice, Foucault's dissection of power, the structuralist's attempt to unearth the deep structure of human culture, Wilbur's attempt to create a map of all knowledge, Heidegger's attempt to ask the question of being, and Nietzsche's attempt to revalue all values. None of these roots guarantee meaning at an individual or cultural level, but philosophy has never been about answers. It is a Jacobin wrestling with God. It is a struggle with a question mark. It is orienting ourselves individually and collectively towards the question of meaning. Philosophy doesn't hand us meaning like a priest from a pulpit, but it brings us to the entrance of a labyrinth, and from there we begin the quest into the dense and serpentine bowels of consciousness's underworld, the place where meaning dies and is reborn. Philosophy begins with wonder. Man looks up at the stars and wonders. What is my role in all of this? Why am I here? Why is there anything at all? It's deeply human to seek answers, but what sparks our curiosity is that primal sense of wonder. At the same time, we are never quite satisfied. Every answer only seems to lead to more questions. Questions on how to behave, questions on how to organize society, questions on the ultimate reality of the universe. The human project is an endless quest towards answers, searching for that holy grail the answer to life, the universe, and everything. In his masterpiece, Goethe has his character, Dr. Faust, lament on the fruitless result of his lifelong quest for knowledge. Faust has studied everything, medicine, law, philosophy, even theology. Yet, as the poem goes, for all his lore, he stands no wiser than before. Faust is missing a key component, the puzzle piece that will make his search for true knowledge complete. He is willing to sell his soul to the devil to obtain it. Luckily, we need not go so far. We can arm ourselves with the work that others have done before us, in search of this holy grail, this fundamental piece of knowledge, this stable floor upon which the house of philosophy can be built. Schopenhauer thought he found it when he discovered the will. Then Nietzsche came along and said, not so fast. Plato has the world of forms, Descartes has the cogito, Kant the thing in itself, Religion has revelation. None of them seem to have found the conclusive answer. The Faustian search still continues. And perhaps the value is in the search itself, not in finding what we're looking for. Who's even to say we're ready for what we find? It's human to explore. We circumnavigated the globe. We're looking outward to space and inward into the mind and the soul. We're splitting the atom and trying to look beyond the atom. Whenever we find an answer, a new question urges us on to begin our search anew. I invite you to join me and look for answers together by standing on the shoulders of giants, investigate their journeys, and hopefully learn a thing or two for ourselves. And let's hope we're ready for what we find. I'm John Ravicki. I'm an associate professor of cognitive psychology and cognitive science at the University of Toronto, where I'm also the director of the cognitive science program. I think the question whether or not philosophy can contribute to the cultivation of meaning in the modern world has to be answered after one answers the question, which kind of philosophy are we talking about? Are we talking about academic philosophy as taught in the universities? Or are we talking about philosophy as a way of life talked about by people such as Pierre Hadot in his uh, great works, uh, philosophy as a way of life and what is ancient philosophy, etc.
I think it's questionable whether or not the first one contributes to a sense of meaning. I think it can sharpen skills, it can increase epistemic virtues, but it's not clear that those directly or reliably translate to a meaningful life. I think philosophy as a way of life is absolutely essential to enhancing a sense of meaning in the modern world. Without philosophy as a way of life, it is questionable if one can reliably and well cultivate the wisdom that is necessary to deal with the self-deceptive, self-destructive behavior that normally undermines the profound connectedness that is available to us, connectedness to ourselves, to each other, and to the world. Without philosophy as a way of life, that foolishness ever threatens to sever us and, and sever us in a way that undermines our cognitive agency, our capacities for inner peace, and our capacity to find that whatever is satisfying our desires is actually real and connected what is, to what is most real. So, I do think academic philosophy can help with people who are studying philosophy as a way of life, but I do not think on its own it will serve for the cultivation of meaning. But philosophy as a way of life is absolutely essential. Hi, Mr. Verse here. I make videos and short stories about philosophy. When we think about philosophy, we usually think of some bearded blokes in ancient Greece asking questions and drinking wine, and then being executed for it. In other words, it seems like something far removed from our everyday experience. But I think that's wrong, and that philosophy is more relevant now than ever. If you'd be so kind as to indulge me in a two-minute rant, I'll explain why. The universe we find ourselves in often causes us to ask some bleak questions about the nature of human existence. To the best of our scientific knowledge, it appears that we exist through mere biological chance, thrown into the world without purpose or direction, and with no clear instructions about what to do next. For all the discoveries of the James Webb Space Telescope or the Large Hadron Collider, none have answered a more fundamental question. What does it all mean? This is what philosophy is all about. Perhaps there is no answer to human existence. Perhaps consciousness is a function of the atoms in our brains, and our bodies are collections of meat and bone. Perhaps we're condemned to death from the moment of our conception, and nobody will remember our names. But the fact is that we exist, and no matter what happens in the universe, we are free to make our meanings. All those moments we have across a lifetime, all the memories and dreams, tell a story that nobody else can tell but you. Philosophy is the means by which we can examine all these facts of the universe and of ourselves and weave them into a story. I invite you to come with me and make our meanings. We'll learn about existentialism, phenomenology, and have many existential crises in the form of science fiction stories. We might not find all the answers, but there will always be a place for you 
in the Mistiverse. Thank you very much for watching, peace and love, and I'll see you in the next video. Hello everyone, I'm Dr. Angela Puca, host of the channel Angela Symposium. I'm a PhD and a religious studies scholar, and on my YouTube channel I deliver academic scholarship on topics such as witchcraft, historicism, shamanism, paganism, and all things magic. So on to our question now. Is philosophy useful to find meaning in the modern world for the modern person? My answer is yes. Philosophy is ultimately about love of knowledge. And not only does it allow us to pierce through the chaos of existence, but also provides us with the tools to better understand how knowledge works how meaning is created or indeed found. It depends on your philosophical stance. As human beings, we are meaning-making and belief-making individuals. And there is indeed no such thing as philosophers and non-philosophers. What you find is good philosophers and bad philosophers, where the good philosophers are the ones that acknowledge that every single thought, every single belief, every single intellectual output is rooted in a specific worldview, in a specific philosophy. So if you are a good philosopher, you acknowledge the fact that you are employing a certain philosophy, that you are building your beliefs, your actions, your thoughts and um, everything that you do on a specific philosophical stance, on a specific worldview. And acknowledging it, it means that you can change it when it's not really working for you. You're not enslaved to it. A bad philosopher in this context would be somebody that doesn't acknowledge that they are working through a specific and upon a specific philosophical stance. So studying philosophy allows us to become good philosophers in this sense, because it allows us to acknowledge that all those processes of meaning making and belief making and the actions we take and the decisions we make, they are all based on specific philosophies. And hence, the way we make meaning or find meaning in the things that we do, in the actions we take, is always inevitably rooted in a philosophy. Knowing that, acknowledging that, is powerful and extends our agency on the world. Many thanks for this collab and see you on Angela's Symposium. My name is Kane Baker from the YouTube channel Kane B. I think that philosophy is at its most effective when it is destructive, when it is used as a tool to undermine the values and beliefs that we take to give life meaning. Uh, all of the positive theories that I've heard about what makes life meaningful strike me as hilariously inadequate. And I suspect that the reason for this is that there just is no meaning, no purpose, no value, that nothing matters. Now, of course, if nothing matters, then it doesn't matter that nothing matters. But uh, I can't help but feel that in striving for meaning, we might be missing out in some sense. We might be failing to appreciate what is right there in front of our eyes. Here is a spoon. I can take this spoon just as it is in itself. I can appreciate it for just what it is. Uh, I can observe 
the colors, I can feel the textures, and there's an incredible richness and detail just in this spoon. Now, there's nothing special about this particular spoon, the same is true for any other spoon uh, you might choose, or indeed any other object. But right now I'm looking at this spoon and I think, what more do you want? Why isn't this enough? Just this, this spoon. When I compare the grand theories of meaning and value against this spoon, there's something about the spoon that I find somehow more compelling. Mankind is in the unique position of existing in the physical world and the immaterial world simultaneously. Think about any major event in history. Something physical happened. Someone was born, someone died, a battle was won, a treaty was signed. But the significance of these events resound far beyond the rearrangement of matter. The same probably holds true for your own life. The most significant, most memorable events transcend the physical. They raise our thoughts to something higher. Sadly, those events are far too infrequent. And for most of our lives, we exist in that lower, more menial place. Like the cave dwellers in Plato's Republic, most often our thoughts and time are spent on thoroughly unimportant things. Aristotle believed that humans have a telos, or a goal, a best possible life. Many philosophers, as well as the Christian faith, agree with this idea. When you have a target, you know where to aim. Consider any human endeavor, a job, sports, hobbies, whatever. Each of these has a definite aim. You succeed in fishing when you catch a fish. You succeed in basketball when your team scores more points than the other team. Everything has a goal, including our lives. But many today have no sense of what the telos of their life might be. And if they do, it's often a misguided one, like money, pleasure, or fame. This is why theology, philosophy, and the humanities are so important. They pull us out of the cave and present us with realities that are true, good, and beautiful. These realities help orient our decisions toward a true goal. They cause us to dwell on ideas of lasting importance, and they help guard us against the two extremes of arrogance and apathy. Much of modern culture has eviscerated us of what makes us truly human. It causes us to think about ourselves, not in a reflective, self-improving way, but in a way that's myopic and self-destructive. But when we turn to God, to great books, and to great art, we can acquire the power to say no to the lower and live lives of meaning and value. Hello, my name is Brett from the channel Let's Talk Philosophy, and I hope to bring some clarity to the question of can philosophy provide meaning to the modern individual? To give an adequate answer to this question, I think it helpful to state what we mean by the word meaning. We shall define it as the manifested purpose which gives vitality to the human experience. Meaning, as we had defined the term, has typically been a prescription filled by those religious institutions which, in times past, gave society their underlying moral and metaphysical structure. What is apparent, and I think significant, is the abrupt decline in religious belief which so characterizes the modern age. What have we without the entity of religion to take this job? There can be only one suitable replacement, philosophy. And with the advent of the internet, it may, more than ever before, descend from its ivory tower to captivate the hearts and minds of the common man. 
Through the study of philosophy, the individual may gain an ever-expanding perspective on the collective human experience, and in so doing, bring themselves closer to an understanding of their place within it. It has the power to unify those concepts which seem discordant, and to bring a personal clarity to a life which is otherwise obscure and esoteric. Though I think it vitally important to also bring attention to this counter-argument, that like all intellectual endeavors, it can also play the destructive role of narrowing one's view. With this in mind, we must take care to leave our mind open for when new ideas show, through proper reasoning, that the path we currently travel is but an error in judgment. On this cue, we must change our course without dwelling on our prior ignorance, regardless of the significance of the belief. Hey guys, I'm Paul. I run the channel Philosophy Tunes. As you could probably assume from the name, I use cartoons to help make ideas both comprehensible and memorable. And you could probably guess what field I make videos in based on the name. Computer Science. Philosophy. So can philosophy provide meaning for the modern person? Well, the big word here is modern. Who is this modern person and what are they exposed to? In order to keep this video under two minutes, I'll just say that one aspect of modern life is this explosion of information all at your fingertips. There's so much information out there in the world that you could pretty much craft whatever worldview you want. You see this all the time in politics. Someone will decide what they want to believe first, then they'll go online and, like a grocery store, they'll pick out whatever supports their narrative. Oh man, that study should go very nicely. Yeah, but I don't need this data over here. But wow, this news story supports my position and is emotionally powerful. So with all this information, it's easy to get lost when it comes to those less certain questions, like how might one live? How do I become a good person? Can I even become a good person? With philosophy, specifically the pragmatist philosophy I do on my channel, we could look at this information through a lens of practicality to help us navigate through it all. We could talk about how this information might affect us and the way we live, rather than just take things as they are and amass even more information. Like we're on one of those hoarders shows. That's all I got. Hope the others got better responses because mine was pretty ass. Hey, this is Joseph from the YouTube channel Humble You Media, and I create content on a collective space that affects us all. That invisible space within you. Consciousness. It is the fluid in which we all swim. It is a personal and collective affair, but consciousness in itself is rather completely unknown. But this is the one place where one wants to be, in the darkness, where anyone can begin to see just the slightest flicker of light. We all begin in Plato's cave, and most never leave. But we all also have a chance to break free from a world of shadows. There's only one paradox to bear. It takes you to know you. As Carl Jung says, the sacrificer is the sacrificed. Speaking of, Jung left a masterwork on an inward philosophical process which one must undertake in order to break free from the cave. Jung coined it individuation. But as the example of Plato's proves, it has been around for ages. I bring up Carl Jung because he is one of the most recent public figures to truly philosophize on the important things in life. But as he himself says, if you live according to an example, you thus live the life of that example. But who should live your own life if not yourself? 
So live yourselves. You see, it is consciousness which breaks one free from the chains, but it's also consciousness which keeps one tied to the chains. And it is the lover of wisdom who breaks free, while it is the lover of opinion who remains bound. Philosophy is important today, just as much as it was important back at the time of the ancient Greeks. And it's not a pill, a book, a therapist, which sets one free, but the truth. In a world of illusion, a world lost in translation, there is a way through. As Carl Jung wrote, there is only one way, and that is your way. May each one seek out their own way. The way leads to mutual love and community. So as I begin with you, it leads to a community of us. A true loving community exploring the cosmos in and out. This is the meaning of life. Not fame or fortune, but unfolding into the true essence of which makes us all one. Let me tell you a parable the Buddha once told one of his monks. This monk had become vexed that for all his devotion, he was still no closer to understanding the ultimate mysteries of life. Is the cosmos eternal or not? Are the body and the soul two separate things or one and the same? And what happens to a liberated person after death? The monk couldn't get his mind off these questions. So, one day, he approached the Buddha in a fit of anger. He told his master he would either get straight answers or he would leave him. It was then that the Buddha told him the parable. Imagine a man struck by a poison arrow, the Buddha said. A doctor comes along, ready to pull the arrow out and give him an antidote, but the man stops him. Not so fast. First, I want to know who shot me. What town or village does he come from? I would also like to know what kind of timber his bow was made out of. Also, was it a crossbow or a longbow? Clearly, the Buddha said, that man would die and his questions would remain unanswered. The Buddha explained this is why he refrains from excessive philosophizing. Like the man in the parable, we are all shot with the poison arrows of suffering and ignorance. Philosophizing on the nature of the cosmos or the soul is unlikely to help us with that. So, the Buddha said, get your priorities straight. Heal yourself and build yourself up to live a good life. Use philosophy only as a tool to get you there and not as a distraction. Or as Dostoevsky wrote, you shall love life more than the meaning of life. So, whenever we engage in philosophy, we should ask ourselves, does this contribute to the perfection of my life? Or am I just indulging my intellectual appetites? I hope this bit of insight serves you well on your own path of inner growth. My name is Reina. I'm a writer and a YouTuber. And I think within all of us, there is a curiosity to understand who we are. Even as the world around us constantly changes, I think that our deepest existential questions remain more or less the same throughout the ages. And philosophy is an avenue for anyone who is seeking truth, and it can provide them meaning. And with that said, 
Meaning is also something that's very unique and personal to every individual. Philosophy, it's very critical and analytical. And that mode of truth-seeking may appeal to some. It may inspire some of us. But for others, truth-seeking and meaning-making can take the form of creativity, devotion, or service. I think there are many paths that can lead us to the same place. Hello, Seekers. My name is Sean, and my project, Mythos and Logos, works to share mythological and religious stories from around the world, share the context and meanings to their original audience, as well as finding practical meanings that we can bring with us today. Regarding philosophy as a source of meaning, I would answer that philosophy cannot provide meaning to our lives, but it can help us find it. As usual, I'd like to explain with a story, this being a Buddhist one from China. There's an ox herd who is searching for a bull in fields. And he's out in nature and sees these fields of tall grasses blowing in the wind and flowers and rivers flowing, sounds of waterfalls and cicadas, crickets and birds. And he's wondering how anyone could ever find a bull surrounded by all of these distractions. But then along that search, he finds footprints. And as he's able to start tracking the bull, he gets a little bit closer, seeing it wandering through those fields, through the rivers. And eventually he does find this bull and is, has to use a whip and a leash to tame it but then is actually able to capture and ride it. And that bull does not become tamed easily. But in time, riding on it, it becomes something that he can manage. And on this peaceful bull, he can discard the whip and discard the leash. And from the top of that bull, he's able to feel a bit more peace. Notice the beauty in those waterfalls and those rolling fields, the birds and cicadas and crickets around him. And when he comes home, in time, he's able to transcend the bull and doesn't even need that. And in even greater time, bringing this into his life, he's able to transcend that sense of himself. He's able to feel the source of that peace that he felt and go back into the world. I think that philosophy is not the bull, but philosophy can help you find its footprints. Hi there, this is the Machiavellians. I make videos about philosophy and psychology because I believe that philosophy and psychology are our best hope for solving the major problem of our time. I think that with philosophy and psychology working together, we will have the best chance of overcoming nihilism, which as Nietzsche rightly observed, is the problem of our age. The existential psychologist Rollo May once said that as human beings, we have to face the dichotomy of finding meaning in life while facing the knowledge of approaching death. 
There are many efforts to make society more equal, or to increase human happiness, and even to go and colonize Mars. But if these endeavors are not grounded in some deeper meaning, then what good is any of it? Without the why, none of this really matters. Nietzsche said that what Schopenhauer's philosophy teaches us is that neither riches nor honors nor scholarship can raise the individual out of the profound discouragement over the worthlessness of his existence. Only from a higher and transfiguring overall aim can these goals have any meaning. According to Nietzsche, our task is simple. We should cease letting our existence be a thoughtless accident. My goal is to show people that philosophy has relevance in their personal lives. Philosophy should not be focused on problems of epistemology. The Greeks got it right because for them philosophy was a way of living. Philosophy is something that is practiced, not merely studied. The Greek philosophers of the past, like the Stoics or Epicureans, for example, lived their life as if it were a work of art. Friedrich Nietzsche thought we should emulate the Greeks by viewing life as a means to knowledge, and as an experiment of the seeker after knowledge. In this sense, to live philosophically means to have a singular will to life, which aims at constant growth and self-overcoming, and induces us to take on challenging and rewarding adventures in the pursuit of knowledge and self-knowledge. By constantly challenging ourselves, we can gain new insights and perspectives, which is why it is important that philosophy is lived and not studied passively. As the American philosopher Ralph Waldo Emerson said, each person has to go through all the facts and history and live them in their own person before they can be adequately understood. What is not lived cannot be known. This living of philosophy in the soul has the effect of expanding our individual experiences beyond the narrow confines of our individual lives. By treating all works, both philosophical and of art in this way, they become not history, but biography. Philosophy needs to be returned to its rightful place in our society. Instead of being an academic pursuit, it should assume a central role in our lives. All philosophy and history contain an invaluable repository of experiences from which we can and should profit. To put it in the words of Friedrich Nietzsche, Every great philosophy as a whole says always only, this is the image of all life, and from this learn the meaning of your life, and conversely, read only your own life, and understand from this the hieroglyphs of universal life. Thank you for watching, and welcome to the channel. There is this ineffable call towards meaning that I think we all feel viscerally. Whether we realize it or not, there seems to be this lingering suspicion of sorts that's embedded in our DNA, that we can somehow swallow our pride to expand beyond our current perceptions of reality. It's why we're so fascinated with tales of transformation, this becoming of a grander sense of the self. We don't always lead with the highest version of who we could be in our day-to-day -day lives, but beneath the surface, there is this great force, I believe, that is always capable of taking control of our perception and aligning ourselves towards a chosen, fulfilling life path. Philosophy is not a set of axioms to memorize or a belief set to stringently fall in line behind. It's a way of looking at the world with open eyes and a curious heart. 
On my channel, I'm extremely interested in where we can take our lives if we make the curious and loving side of ourselves the primary set point of our existence. Can we call upon a consistent lens of consciousness that looks upon our lives with meaning, purpose, and the endurance to persevere in the face of a daily life that can rip us out of this 10,000-foot view of ourselves? Who really are we at our core? To understand ourselves deeply is to know not only what will be best to honor ourselves in the present, but also to fill us with the unwavering sense of self that will drive us toward our future becoming. How do we bridge the gap between the ultimate realization of our dreams and the standard shade of consciousness that colors our daily life? There is no easy answer to this question. I'm not a self-help guru. But to me, all roads lead back to maintaining a profound connection with our innermost truth, our inner self. My goal with this project is to explore this concept of the inner self as being an accessible property of consciousness that we can use to channel ourselves toward whatever vision for life we choose. I invite you, humbly, to join me on this journey of self-discovery because ultimately the goal is not to have a separation of identity between what we externalize and what we are on the inside. We want to make ourselves whole. We are all tightly bound by the thread of fate, caught in its merciless net. Some desperately seek to escape by trying to find where the thread leads. Others turn backwards to determine from whence it has come. We are the great helpless, or as Parmenides said, undistinguishing and indistinguishable crowds. We are suspended between these two poles of past and future, trapped in the spider's web of confusion, disorientation, pathlessness, and despair. But those who search for a way out, grasping frantically either backwards or forwards along this thread, are still bound in these very knots. My name is Abbas the Alchemist, and my channel explores the ways in which one can untangle these knots and close the circle, thereby participating in wholeness. This unifying process manifests in different languages across cultures and ages. Jung calls it individuation. The alchemists call it the magnum opus, and the Neoplatonists call it theurgy. Regardless of its name, the movement is essentially the same. In order to prepare oneself for the opportunity of transmutation, the groundwork must be set. Wholeness, by definition, is all-encompassing. Nothing is excluded from it. Each path and tradition uses its own terminologies its own metaphysical language, its own beliefs and presumptions, its dogmas and its doctrines. For far too long, we have set this world up in opposition to the transcendent and the divine. We have created yet another dichotomy, the filthy stuff of the here and now versus the beatific good of the heavens. But it is here, in the matter of the everyday, in the simplest and most banal of things, where every alchemist and theurgist understood lay the true seeds that grow to bridge the distance between the human and the divine. The world is a theophany, and to truly participate in it, we must relearn how to unveil it, and for that we focus on sacred philosophy, theurgy, alchemy, literature, art, poetry, and myth. And gradually, Deo Concedente, 
you may come to perceive the invisible thread that links them all together, resulting in a true unloosening of the knot. Hello, dandelions. The answer is yes, definitely, absolutely. Philosophy provides value not only for the modern person, but also for a person from the past and future. People don't tend to stick at the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We need an idea for life to feel complete, a high purpose. Many ancient thinkers were curious and started to ask questions about existence, which sparked ongoing discussions up to this day. Later, psychology was born from philosophical arguments. I hope I don't have to explain how essential mental health is. If we aren't going to work on figuring out healing from generational trauma, toxic patterns and cycles of unhelpful behaviors, I have bad news. It will fix us. And I don't think this is the outcome we should strive for. Hello, I'm Anderson Todd. I'm an assistant professor at the University of Toronto, where I've taught in cognitive science, uh, Buddhism and psychotherapy, and interdisciplinary courses in Jungian theory. Uh, and I'm also in private practice as a, a practicing psychotherapist. Um, when addressing the question of the relationship between meaning and philosophy, um, there's obviously you know a great deal that one can say, considerably more perhaps than two minutes easily affords. Um, so there is one thing that I would say is absolutely central to this question, which is, Sooner or later, the bottom falls out. Now, it may be that the bottom falls out because you encounter some kind of significant hardship, right? You have to grieve a breakup. You have to grieve a death. You have to grieve perhaps some kind of illness that sharply reduces your capacity in some way. Or the world simply turns in a direction that was not... Um, particularly aligned with the uh, plans that you had or the things that you were promised uh, sometimes, sometimes it's precipitated that way. And sometimes it is precipitated by the gnawing at the roots that is always occurring around us, the potential loss of meaning that can always occur because of the basic features of the universe, right? Sometimes it is the case that pain, which is in its essence a signal, it's information, uh, instead comes to be so intense and all-pervasive uh, that we get a tsunami of metaphysical crumbles where it comes to render, instead of meaning to us, everything meaningless. So what's the answer to this? Obviously, all of the various things that we can construct with learning, with wisdom, with practices, with social connection, embodiment, these are all highly useful things in constructing a certain form of meaning for ourselves, in making it easier to get back to the path. But when the bottom falls out, those things tend to dissolve away. We're left grasping at straws in a tumultuous sea. So the answer I would propose is very simple, and it's one that's grounded, in fact, in a great deal of ancient and modern cultural practice. It's the generalizing of the memento mori. Seek the dark. And I don't just mean this in an abstract, playing with your Jungian shadow kind of way. I mean, when you feel good, move towards the cave. It is a completely different thing to have a tiger pounce on you from the bushes in the rain, surprisingly, and maul you on the ground, than it is to walk into that cave deliberately, purposefully, to really look. And when I say this, to really look at the depths of some of the things that are existentially dark, our limitations, 
or mortality. However, if you confront these things consciously and purposefully, you can learn to navigate that space and do it when you're not simply swept into it in a moment against your will or because the ground gave way beneath you. And one of the few things that can truly assist in this, one of the lamps that we carry with us, is the cultivation of wisdom, which is what philosophy, ultimately speaking, is concerned with. That's how we find our way back to making our own meaning. How can the search for meaning in modern life be described in philosophical terms? Perhaps it is found in the quote by the psychiatrist Viktor Frankl, who wrote, When a man cannot find meaning, he numbs himself with pleasure. It is relevant because when it comes to the question regarding finding meaning in the modern age, the answer is found when one inverts the quote, which is to say, when all a man has is pleasure, he distracts himself with meaning, if only as a means to escape the numbness of pleasure. When we who have been satiated with nothing but pleasure wish for something deeper and more meaningful, we may realize that after being rendered spiritually destitute by the hedonism and hyperrealism of modern life for so long, our poor hands have become damned to corrupt the pursuit of whatever meaning we will set out to enrich ourselves with. Sinkers of all stripes have warned about the commodification of meaningfulness and how the increasingly materialistic ways of living will render us unable to find the value in anything unless it has a direct practical profitable use. Nietzsche's writings suddenly became about self-help. The teachings of the Buddha suddenly became relegated to first-world cosmopolitan urbanites and Lululemon yoga pants trying to feel spiritual. The endeavor to find meaning in modern society through philosophy has become an exercise in philosophical necrophilia. Nietzsche once wrote that he refuses to believe in a god who cannot dance. Well, perhaps we should understand that our highest ideals, be it God or the meaning of life, has been desecrated precisely because it is we the believers who are unable to dance. This ultimately sums up the point that I'm trying to make in this video. And my YouTube channel, Existentialist Non Grata, ultimately deals with many thinkers who have essentially struggled to contend and find their place within modernity. In watching my videos, you will come to see that they learn to dance in a metaphorical sense with their philosophies. And in doing so, I like to think that they found meaning in the madness that we call modern life. Trust those who seek the truth, doubt those who find it. Andre Guide. Philosophy is the love of wisdom, but in order to discover wisdom, we must first distinguish what is wisdom from what is not. Therefore, philosophy should serve as a chisel for the hardened beliefs within us. Where we have grown rigid and stuck on our thinking, philosophy is a crowbar that leverages curiosity and open-mindedness. In the spirit of providing value and meaning to the modern person, philosophy is a tool that we can use to break through our barriers, biases, cognitive dissonance, cultural conditioning, political brainwashing, religious indoctrination, and most of all to stretch our comfort zone. Indeed, we must first break through before we can discover a breakthrough. As such, philosophy is a razor blade of intellect. It gives us a cutting edge. It even cuts itself. In fact, the best philosophy is not only self-deprecating, but self-defeating. Because only truth matters. And since we can never be certain of any truth, we must use philosophy like a sword that cuts through even truth itself. Nothing should be off limits. Where philosophy is concerned, the only God is a razor-sharp question mark cutting through all things. Philosophy cuts through all answers just as cleanly as it cuts through all questions. It tricks the trickster into divulging its tricks. It unveils the wizard behind the curtain was always us. Most of all, philosophy teaches us how to cultivate a good sense of humor. 
which is a philosopher's saving grace. Without it, a philosopher is likely to take themselves too seriously, and the philosophy that takes itself too seriously can no longer be considered philosophy, for it becomes rigid, limited, stuck. It becomes religion. Philosophy has only one deadly sin, giving up the truth quest for the truth. That's religion. Where philosophy is a disciplined thought, religion is comfortable belief. A good sense of humor prevents such comfortable bewitchment. Wittgenstein said it best. Philosophy is a battleground against the bewitchment of our intelligence. Can philosophy provide meaning for the modern person? Let's break down the word philosophy. Philia Sophia is the Greek origin of the word. It means love and wisdom, the love of wisdom. So the question is, can wisdom provide meaning to your life? Well, what else do you have? We have really two forces in this world. Uh, you have the forces of culture and you have the forces of philosophy, the forces of wisdom. And the forces of culture are focused on what is true here and now, a local truth. It doesn't care really about universality. We know that all cultures are a reflection of their local time and place and the people that are participating in it. And it evolves and changes and adapts just like uh, living organisms change and adapt. Philosophy is the pursuit of the wisdoms that are always true. It, it wants to sift through the creations of culture and discover the things that truly are universal. By collecting that knowledge and collecting that information, that is the art and practice of philosophy and being a philosopher. What you do with that knowledge is up to you. Most people think that philosophers just argue with each other and write papers that no one reads, but the true art of philosophy is trying to understand what is this thing that we're trapped inside of and what is the true nature of our own being because no one knows for, for certain. Culture provides you with titles and labels and answers to those questions, but culture provides those for its benefit, not your own. I would like to take this opportunity to thank all of the fantastic channels, my friends and colleagues here on YouTube, creating fantastic content on philosophy. And a special thank you to Eternalized, who really helped us put together this collaboration from the very beginning, right up until now. Please do check out all of the channels that will be linked down in the video description. I, for one, don't know whether philosophy can provide us meaning, but what I do know for sure is that this process of getting to know and meet and connect with my fellow creators here has been an immensely meaningful one. What philosophy may not give us in terms of answers to life's biggest questions, it can provide us in friendship, companionship, and company. I know this sounds cliche, but it's the people along the journey that make the journey meaningful, even if we don't know where the destination is or if there is one at all. Thank you for journeying here along with me. And as always, Keep seeking.